Hola y bienvenidos al podcast Beches Soup. Yo soy Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duerman. Y para aquellos de ustedes que solo están sintonizando el podcast Beches Soup, es un resumen semanal de toda la locura que ha sucedido en las noticias explicadas por sus dos amigos más divertidos. Which is us. Ahora discutimos los debates democráticas. The latest Supreme Court decisions. Y football, football, football. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop. Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! If you could see my face right now, it was, it was, some, it was some Booker level side eye. <laughs> I worked extremely hard on that. <laughs> I was on. I was literally on the subway, like practicing, saying it was really it for good. myself. And I think I worked. Honestly, I think I sounded better than Beto. A hundred percent. I because I did a. I like put some you energy could have behind. Been not it. speaking words that are Spanish, but yes. you still sounded better to me. And to anyone who does speak better Spanish than me, because my Spanish is not fluent. Uh, I'm sorry for my, <laughs> my many mistakes <laughs> that I'm sure occurred. I did major in Spanish. I am Latina. I do not speak fluent Spanish. Okay. Okay. Obviously, we're talking about the debates today. Obviously. Yeah. But um, this is the first time we've done the podcast together. I know. Together. I'm so excited. So I'm excited to ask Rounding you, what's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Cool. So what's getting me through this week is this woman named Tiffany Caban. Yes. Yes. So exciting. So Queens held um, a primary, a Democratic primary for its district attorney seat this week. Most Like most seats in New York, the Democratic primaries are pretty much... They're the person that's going to have the seat. Yeah. There hadn't been one in decades. We had this dude named Richard Brown. He died this year, so mm-hmm. there was a race. The city still has not called the race, but she won in sort of a shocking victory that people are saying is kind of reminiscent of AOC's victory. Yes, and I, AOC yeah. endorsed yeah. her, yeah. Right? yeah, right? And when people were saying that, I was like, are there similarities? Or are people just saying that because it's like two uh, like young, young Latina women? But there, there really are. She really ran on like a very progressive platform for a seat like that um so she's 31 she's a queer latinx uh, public defender ran on a super progressive platform that included eliminating cash bail closing rikers island which is a horrifying jail yes. um, in new york city decriminalizing sex work and namely not prosecuting subway turnstile jumpers yes which in new york like the way she talked about it this is it really fucks with people's lives like she she, she was, was telling she told this story a lot on the campaign trail about a client of hers who was on parole and doing really, really well, was about to miss the train. You might be thinking, why not just pay for the train? Mm-hmm. Sure. But if you have somewhere to go, the train's leaving. We have no you have no idea when the next one's going to come. Yes, it is not when it says it's it. going to come. If you have somewhere to be, oh, sometimes you have to jump it. And this young man was trying to get to a, um, a meeting with his parole officer. Those are super important. Yeah. And it's like I feel like we're meeting with parole officer like if you're late. You're in yes, trouble. Exactly. Like it counts exactly. against you. Right, right. Got caught jumping the turnstile. So basically was going to be, you know, that's violating his probation. It was going to set him back and he'd been doing so well. So she told this story a lot, just like really contextualizing how these these little things really result in a lot of like unnecessary recidivism. Yes. So she really ran on a platform of like decarceration, just things that we've like never really heard from somebody running yes. for the seat. Honestly, even to go back to jumping the turnstile, like 
you have to do it sometimes. Right. Like, I know you were saying that. Right. But, like, I've been in situations where I've gotten down. I, I like was down in the subway and all of the machines were broken. And I uh-huh. had and I, I wanted right. to pay. I was right. like ready right. to pay for my totally. thing. And all of the machines were broken. There was no one. There was no booth. There was no one down there. They were like, yep. the thing is like you have to go back up and across and around mm-hmm. and down again to the other side to totally. get to the booth to like. And, and the booth would only accept cash, which I didn't have. Yeah. And the train is there. And I'm like, I'm going right. to jump the turnstile right, right. like I'm gonna jump over yeah. it and imagine being sent back to jail for like six months because yes, of that because of yeah. that situation right right or yeah I've been in a time where I'm just like the line's really long and I gotta right. go and someone yeah. left that door open on the side right and yeah she's not the only person yes. to have like run on that sort of idea yes. like many of the people she was running against also agreed it's just it's a very like New York thing like oh no that's yes. a big deal and that's also interesting because I feel like they recently just put signs on the subway that say we're upping yeah the, we're upping prosecuting fair evasions right. like they put signs all over the subway saying right that. That pro- that's probably why she made that such a yes. big part of her platform but um yeah they still haven't called it but she won there's a lot mm-hmm. of absentee ballots like the person behind her has to basically win all of them um and the district that she'll be responsible for has 2.4 million people that's, that's awesome. one of the biggest in the country i mean this is like a really big role like you'll you've definitely seen this person on an svu episode yes like they're part of yes. what goes down here and i mean like Having someone in the DA's office who actually understands what people go through Mm -hmm. in the criminal justice system is so valuable. Like this woman was a public defender. Mm -hmm. She has seen the people who like get the most fucked by this system. You know, she's like seen what happens to them and she understands it. So to have someone with like that understanding in the role is really awesome. Yeah, especially when you run for that seat, it's usually about like, okay, what are we going to do? And for her, it seemed to be like, what are we going to do less of? Like, what are we not? Mm -hmm. How can we like fuck with people's lives less to give them an easier time, keep them in their communities? We know that's what works. So that was like, that was a huge victory and super exciting. Yay. Well, congratulations to Tiffany Caban. Okay, Elise, what's getting you through the week? All right, this is the football, <laughs> football, football, football part. Uh, I so rarely get to bust out my Spanish announcer character yeah. that as soon as I saw the opportunity totally. today, I was like, it had to happen. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about the women's national soccer team, specifically women's national soccer team captain, captain Megan Rapinoe. So basically... I mean, the women's national soccer team has been winning like crazy. They've been in the news a ton Mm -hmm. because one, there was like that controversy over like, were they celebrating too much? Which I'm just like, yeah, I I don't. I'm just like, I don't care about this. Right, right. (laughs) They're winning. Yeah. Uh, And then there's controversy over how they're paid less than the men's team, Mm -hmm. even though they're better by every metric than the men's team. So much better. And so now they're on their way to victory in France. Uh, and Megan Rapinoe, the team captain, was asked by a reporter uh, if she would go to the White House. And this is what she had to say. I'm not going to the fucking White House. No, I'm not going to the White House. That's, okay. We're not going to be invited. You're not going to be invited? I doubt it. I love... No. So good. I'm not going, I'm not going to the fucking White, White House. House. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the only response to like, are you going to the White right. House? Like, no. Right. Right. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> no. Um, so <laughs> funny. The video's great. It is. Yeah. It made me look up all these other videos of her like mm-hmm. playing soccer and she's just so fun. She's so charismatic yeah. and like wonderful. No wonder she's the captain. So then, of course, because the president has nothing better to do um he has nothing else he could be focused on right we didn't almost go to war with iran earlier this week nothing like there isn't the g20 summit happening today he doesn't have anything else (laughs) that he needs to be focused on so he goes on twitter 
he he he's like women's soccer player and Rapinoe. Which first time he tweeted it, he tagged wrong the wrong Megan Rapinoe. Poor Megan Rapinoe. Poor other Megan Rapinoe. Yeah. Just like poor other Theresa May, who he tagged <laughs> oh that one god. time, who was just like a random lady. Yeah, yeah. I think you were like you texted like, oh my god, he tweeted the wrong. Way. I was like, oh my god, I have to get the screenshot before he deletes it, and yes. he had deleted it. But yes. luckily, some people had found the original. Yeah, the screenshots are instantaneous. I'm right. sure that someone literally has, has a bot a, yeah, yeah, set up yeah, that totally. just screenshots everything that he tweets. So anyway, he tweets at the wrong Megan Rapinoe. He says, uh, women's soccer player Emma Rapinoe just stated that she is not going to the effing White House if we win. Other than the NBA, which now refuses to call owners, owners, please explain that I got criminal justice reform passed. Black employment is at its lowest level. Then he continues to go on. That's yeah. just tweet number well, one. There's nothing else addresses Megan Rapinoe I, other than it's so bizarre to stating me. Tw- what she said. The tweet starts out with him talking about Megan Rapinoe. Then he immediately goes off on a tangent about the nba and just starts talking about black crime i'm like what right it's like clickbait is happening here i'm like i what how did this literally he just he got he goes from megan rapinoe to nba players and then he's like and also like i mean he just could it's he's just like and immediately all all nba players should care about my criminal justice reform and if you don't know megan rapinoe is a white woman yeah oh (laughs) yeah that's also important to to say yeah megan rapinoe is uh she's like a queer white woman yeah what, what, yeah, she calls yeah. herself like she's been a pretty big activist, like called herself sort of a walking protest. She mm-hmm. she would kneel before she would kneel during the national anthem before uh, the U.S. Soccer League said, nope, you got to stand. But still at the World Cup, she has not sang it. She stood up, mm-hmm. but you can apparently not sing it. Um, that's yeah, that's I, it's just interesting to me that Trump that to see like the right. logical jumps that he takes in just this thread where it starts out about one woman yeah. and then like he's talking about black unemployment and like all this stuff i'm like what are he you just failed to make a transition because there wasn't one. Yeah. He's like, i'm just gonna go right into it he you could hear his like grandpa brain being like this lady yeah. yelled at me and then also with the nba and everybody's right. like <laughs> it's just like oh my god okay but then one of her teammates replied oh, this is so good it's so good. Uh, this is from Allie Krieger. Uh, in regard to the quote unquote president's tweets today, I know women who can't, who you cannot control or grope anger you, but I stand by M. Rapinoe and will sit this one out as well. I don't support this administration nor the fight against LGBTQ plus citizens, immigrants, and our most vulnerable. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that Trump at finally at the end of the tirade when he just talks about like like criminal justice reform for like three tweets and then in the final tweet he's like so as I was saying I will be inviting the entire team <laughs> to the White House yeah. win or lose yeah and so now it's like sure the lady already said no right buddy yeah <laughs> like, I don't think any of her teammates are like oh well I no wanna they're go. not gonna no. go Fuck no he just literally set up a situation where he could be rejected by 10 women like <laughs> he, just, he set it up for himself he could have just been like yeah well we weren't inviting her anyway right which would have been very trumpy of him yeah but uh or just ignored it and focused right. on there any was of somebody over things. his shoulder like just say that they can still come if they yeah. want yeah please. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he also, if he wanted to do like, I mean, which he could never do because it's not, he's not capable. But if, if what I think he's trying to attempt is sort of a kill him with kindness thing, it's be like, I'm sorry to hear Megan Rapinoe want, doesn't want to come to the White House. Please, like to the whole uh, team, like, please know you're invited, win or lose. Like if he yeah, wanted to right, be like right. shady, yeah. but like kind of fake nice. Yeah, no. But that was too, he's, he's. He, that would be too like deft of a yeah. landing for him to say. right. I was thinking about this again this week because when Eric Trump got spit on, which is also right. Yes, that's another thing. That he got spit like- on at a restaurant that is owned by like, oh, I can't remember the name, but like a pretty well-known sort of James Beard winning mm-hmm. restaurant tour. And that guy had also, um, he's not the one who spit on it, but 
a spin on him, but that guy also owns a restaurant that had invited an NBA team mm-hmm. to have like a really beautiful dinner there after Trump had given them <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> so it's just like a yeah, yeah like a shady yeah, chain. Yeah, a lot um, of a lot of shade. Was this week uh, yeah, athletes. I guess we should mention that someone's bad on Eric Trump. It was <laughs> excellent in Chicago, which you know. I was saying this in our group chat. I don't think that I personally would spit on Eric Trump, mainly because I would be scared yeah. of being tackled by a right. member of the Secret Service. Yeah. Like, I personally don't ever want to be interviewed by the Secret Service if I don't have to be. <laughs> like, like I, I just don't. I think that's a good life model. I think if I saw Eric Trump at a bar, I'd be like, hey, right. you. And right. then, like, like, yeah. Be like, yeah. Who's up? Yeah. Like, or like make a video trolling him right. somehow. Something like that. Something, yeah. You were saying, yeah, you confront him on video. Right. Right. And then you go viral. I would make it so that like, they couldn't attack me because yes. it was on. I'd be like, camera. lady here. Right, <laughs> You right. can't do anything. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about these debates? Let's do it. It's Let's time. It. Yeah. So last night, 10 candidates debated in Miami for yes. night one. Tonight is night two. Another yes. 10. Last night's group included Elizabeth Warren, who's pulling way ahead of everyone else in the group. Mm-hmm. But a few others that are sort of on her heels are Cory Barker, Beto O'Rourke, and Amy Klobuchar. Um, a few others really kind of announced themselves yesterday. Yes. Um, Elise. Mm-hmm. Who had a good night last night? Okay. Um, so I watched the whole thing. I tweeted it yeah. for Betcha Sup, for those of you who follow us. Um, I feel like my my initial takeaway is I think that Elizabeth Warren maintained her status. I'm not sure yeah. if she like elevated herself necessarily, but I think she maintained her status as the front runner of a, that group and just like a really strong candidate in general. I think the two people who I feel like bumped themselves up in the race are Cory Booker and Julian Castro. Julian Castro yeah. did really well. He really shined. He really shined. He had he he had this moment with Beto O'Rourke where I think that kind of like really energized him where they were um, arguing about criminalization, like criminalizing crossing the border. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we have. We a do clip have a clip that. on that one. Yeah. It sort of starts like the the gist of the argument sort of resolved revolved around this thing that's called section um, 1325, which is what criminalizes entering the country illegally. Mm-hmm. Castro wants to get rid of that. Yes. Uh, Beto wants to keep it. And Beto's rationale is sort of like, we we need it. If people want to seek asylum, they can seek asylum. But not everybody that comes here illegally, I'm doing finger quotes, yeah. is seeking asylum. And that doesn't mean that they are criminals or just, you know, deserve mm-hmm. to be thrown in jail. So they sort of were going head to head on that. And we have a clip. Let's be very clear. The reason that they're separating these little children from their families is that they're using Section 1325 of that act, which criminalizes coming across the border, to incarcerate the, pre- the parents and then separate them. Some of us on this stage have called to end that section, to terminate it. Some, like Congressman O'Rourke, have not. And I want to challenge all of the candidates In to fact. do that. I, I just think it's a mistake, Bethel. I think it's a mistake. And I think that, that if you truly want to change the system, then we got to repeal that section. If not, Thank you. then it so might as well be the same policy. Let, let me very very respond to this very briefly. Actually, as a member of Congress, I helped to introduce legislation that would ensure that we don't criminalize those who are seeking asylum and refuge I'm in this country. If you're about, fleeing, if you're fleeing desperation, asylum, then I'm I want to make about, sure I'm I want to make sure that you're treated else. with respect. If we I think that you should do your homework on going to make sure that they are deported. If you did your homework on this issue, you would know that we should repeal this section. Oof. Okay. Oof. So Castro was just, I mean, he was really strong there. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Pobrecito Beto yeah. in a minute. He's not in this winner's section yeah, of our conversation. So we, we'll say that. Um, 
But he had a lot of just like really clear, succinct answers. So he, natural. He had that like uh, say adios to Trump yeah. like zinger at right. the end, which you know a lot of times like these political zingers can be corny, but he his work his he stuck the landing. Yeah, and then also Cory Booker yeah. came out of it um, with he got the most speaking time out of everyone. He was the most googled person, too. and he was the most yeah. googled person. Him and Tulsi Gabbard were mm-hmm. the most googled. Cool. Tulsi Gabbard, I feel like didn't. Like do bad or do great, yeah. but I love that that's gray good. streak it's in her good. hair. It looked, yeah, that's very that's, the, cool. that's definitely a winner. Yeah, that I was like, that looks amazing. That looks presidential. And I love it, yeah. and I and I like like truly, I was like, I would love to have a president totally. with the with the hair. Yeah, yeah, yes. She did fine, but there was she has kind of a weird background yeah. on LGBTQ stuff, and so she yes. was talking about that, and it was like she really had to sound it out. She's like L G B T Q. Plus. And she's like, yes. Yeah. I I definitely don't think Tulsi is my candidate, but a chic look for the debate stage and hats off to her. Right. I also kind of like, like they asked her a question explicitly about women. That was the first time she got asked anything. And she totally dodged it. She just started to introduce her. She said nothing about women. But I kind of was like, you go. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, just because they asked you a woman question doesn't mean you have to like throw away your, your speech. And she had a good, I mean, her and Tim Ryan got into it like crazy. And I thought Tim Ryan seemed unhinged and like he was screaming at like one of the only women on the stage. And she was like, I'm a veteran. Yeah. (laughs) Because they were talking about going to war with Iran. That's what they were arguing about. And he was like, I just think she was like, I'm a veteran. Right. So yeah. Right. Why don't you? Yeah. Even that exchange of like that exchange, the healthcare ones, which we're going to get to the immigration one. Like, I just felt like we hadn't had a debate like that for a while where people truly smart people. Yes. Who know what they're talking about, even if their opinions differ, like they knew what they were talking about. It was like a a mainly respectful exchange. Bill de Blasio did a lot of interrupting, but like I felt like I learned a lot like they, you know, whereas like with Bernie and Hillary and those debates, it was just like going after each other's past. There was nothing substantive. It was just trying to like tear each other down. And I'm sure that will come. But like there were some genuine like you could sort of tell these people had existing relationships too. Yeah. And like knew how to have a conversation. Yeah. And like, I mean, even in like, like Julian Castro and Beto, who like kind of went yeah. at it super directly, they're both they're from fr- Texas. Yeah. They are friends. Yeah. And you could see it when he was like, I just think it's a mistake, Beto. Right. And I was like, you could see I like you, there was like friendship yeah. in that. I know. Um, I mean, he was like, I'm going to bring the hammer down on you. No, like, don't fucking worry about that. But I like there was like right. friendship there. Also, it's like any debate with Trump in it, you're not going to be able to right. be like, well, I believe on Section A of the immigration code. Like he's not <laughs> he you can't even no. like there's no <laughs> there's conversation. not going to be that yeah. like we're debating like intricate policy things and like percentages. And like, right. I think that a law should be enacted this way. Right. And when he's on stage, it's just like, I think that you shouldn't like tweet the n-word or whatever right <laughs> it's like not like you can't like the debate exactly. is not elevated on this level it's like kind of basic yeah stuff yeah um oof, okay um so yeah that's what i my my three tops i feel were booker castro and warren and i think yeah, jay I Inslee did a good job too most of the time i mean he got kind of slammed yeah. for suggesting that he had worked the hardest on right that like a woman's right to yeah, choose. And that then was Amy Klobuchar great. was like, uh, no, yeah, excuse me. But I thought he did. He, for someone who had the least amount of speaking time, cause he was actually at the bottom. I thought he did well. He came across really well. He I'm, did what he needed to do. Yeah. I'm not sure that there's room for him in this race, like either as yeah. a VP or as the candidate, but I liked him. And I wonder if 
what he's kind of auditioning for is a role in this person's cabinet. I think so. Maybe in charge of like heading up the climate. And then that person thing. just has like a bigger presence in the kind of like in any administration and in sort of like the American conception of yes. who are who does the most important things in D.C. Like, yeah, I felt like climate change in a new category of importance. I feel like his role in whatever the 2020 whatever is like, let's hope the Democrat wins. I feel like his role would come yeah. in some capacity in like the cabinet. Right. Maybe like EPA or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's he's like running on climate change and mm-hmm. he's really great at talking about it. Yeah. And he obviously cares about it. So totally. they only know. spent four minutes last night talking about climate change in a city that people say might be underwater in 50 years. Yes. Right. They asked yeah. one question about climate change and it's like Miami is like right. Like, you know, ground zero yeah. for climate change. Like it's no, not. They didn't really address that. Yeah. That, that's kind of interesting. But yeah. also, I mean, it was 10 people on a stage. So right. hopefully maybe they get more into it. Yeah. Um, Amanda. Yeah. Do you have any losers from last I night? I mean, we sort of went over this. Oh, you but, know, um, it wasn't great. I mean, I'm not like a huge fan of his, but like my understanding of him has always been like he really, really motivated and, ga- and engaged people in yes. Texas because he was inspiring and he was sincere and he really like had this swagger that really yeah. worked for people. Everyone was I- saying like he's the new Obama yeah. because of his like I I honestly had thought I was like Beto might pull out he might really like up his esteem at the yeah. debate if he knocks it out of the park and it was, oh boy it was not good. First was, of all he looked terrible which I hate to say because mm-hmm. like we don't want to talk about candidates' appearance. Yes. Usually they do that with the female candidates, and we hate it. But he looked like shit. He looked tired. He looked he ill. Looked Ill. He looked like he hadn't slept in many, many days. Someone did not. He he didn't get no like self care. Um, you know, like a, a sheer powder over uh, no. the face. We got to get a little foundation <laughs> yeah. situation. You're going on television. We know this, right? <laughs> like, Should have done some little like under eye mask. Yeah, the little fun, under. Bold you ones. know what? Like, like a, a mask the it. night before, maybe. Yeah. What are we doing? None. You know, I mean, and it's not like we're Beto is handsome. He's like right. actually like cutie patootie. Yeah. But like, but he showed up looking like he's got the suds. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was the he first. He kind one. of looked like two little kids in a suit, in a, yes, trying to get into a democratic to get debate. <laughs> It was just way too tall and like very, very sort of And they childish. had him right dead in the middle. So he yeah. had a real power spot yeah. to really come out there and look presidential. Yeah. And, and you know what that, as you say that, like, I feel like because people went after him yes. on things that you could have gone after like a number of candidates. He sort of seemed to really like really more moderate last night yes. than I kind of thought. So people went out after him. First of all, he was super rehearsed and authentic. Yes. And I feel like that's like actually why Julian Castro like really stood out because yes. he was very sincere. Yes. Everything he said hit the mark. Yes. But it sounded like it just, it sounded like it wasn't pre-rehearsed. He just had these natural reactions well, to everything. Well, as someone who just read a pre-rehearsed Spanish statement. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say that that than it looks. first question to come oh, out with that, like, right. Donde esta la biblioteca, <laughs> like, basic ass Spanish one situation. In response to a question of whether he supports a 70% individual marginal tax rate. Like, it wasn't necessary. <laughs> it it like, had no what? place in that. No. I think, I genuinely do think it's cool that clearly totally. this debate was focused towards Latinas like Latinx people I think that that's really awesome I'm glad that Telemundo was there yeah but my thing uh like when when I hear that personally I'm like okay it's cool that you can speak Spanish that's Mm -hmm. cool but like what are you actually gonna do for Hispanic people like answering a question about taxes in Spanish 
okay. Yeah. But 10 minutes later, you're in an argument with Julian Castro where like you want to keep this thing that's using, like being used to prosecute Latinx people. So like, where where are we? Cory Booker also spoke Spanish. Right. It also sounded awkward. The yeah. only person who didn't sound awkward speaking Spanish was Julian Castro right. because he fucking speaks Spanish, right. native yeah, Spanish. Yeah, his parents were born here. You're always... Get, uh, like, I don't... I, I'm not fluent in Spanish and I'm, like, not, like, a native speaker, but I... The I can like hear when the accent is like of course, off, yeah. and not to say mine it was very, is good. His was very clearly, but it was like it was so. I mean, it it, it did take you back to like a high school Spanish presentation, and the it one rule stilted. of the fucking high school Spanish presentation is that you don't <laughs> want to go before the guy who actually right. speaks Spanish <laughs> in your class. You let him do it yeah. first. He goes. We you do a buffer, a couple buffer people, yeah. and then you speak your Spanish. Exactly. So well, anyway. that's why Booker says like the meme of the night was Booker's sort of like side eye yes. as he was doing that. And Booker actually like Anderson Cooper asked him afterwards, like, what was that? And he was like, well, I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was we were all going to do that. <laughs> He's like, everyone was like, I mean, Beto wasn't wrong to be like, I need to do this ASAP because right. everybody's yeah, going to bring out their Spanish. Yeah. But it came off bad. Right, it came right. off really bad. It was a, it was a swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it is kind of cool that like we're we're having a conversation about like which candidate Spanish was the worst. Yes, like that is it is it's huge cool to yeah. me that so much attention was paid to Latino voters. Like yeah. that's awesome. Telemundo being there was awesome. Oh, and then like I feel like the Telemundo guy was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. So then he asked yeah. Beto a question yeah. in Spanish, which I was like, oh my God, like this is like the extra credit. Like when right. your teacher like is like, can you <laughs> right, really my do this? And he did answer. My impression was that like, my impression was that like, everything about the debate was going to be made very accessible to Spanish yeah. pe- speaking people, yes. whether the candidates chose to speak Spanish or not. Yes. So it was definitely just sort of like a, a peacocking sort of thing. Yeah. So Beto made himself the meme of the night by doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, any yeah. other losers in your... I was... Uh, Amy Klobuchar. Like, I feel like she really had a chance. Like, she really needed to rock it. And she was just pretty mad. She also was, like, very rehearsed. And mm-hmm. she just... She is sort of... um spitting herself as like a real moderate someone who can beat trump somebody she's a senator from minnesota and she does win trump voters she wins conservative voters where she's from but there i think there just wasn't really an opportunity for her there was no place for her because they were really discussing super progressive ideas Mm -hmm. and while they went after Beto for being a kind of moderate on things like immigration and healthcare, nobody really went after her so i feel like she didn't even really have a chance to kind of defend her her takes on things and when she did she was just very like, I feel this way because I feel it. She was just directly, she had like really rehearsed sort of sound bites that didn't really land. I She referred to somebody as all foam, no beer. <laughs> Uncle Dick and the deer blind. I'm not going to do policy at 5 a.m. in the morning, which we know that Trump wakes up at like 8. Yeah. Um, I I agree with you. I felt like she was low energy. I think yeah. that, I think she was the low energy she seemed really nervous. of, the, of yeah. this. Like she just... When there are 10 people on a stage, she yeah. had some interesting points that I liked and like I could see what she was doing. But when there are 10 people right. and Bill de Blasio is screaming and yeah. he's a million feet tall and like <laughs> and he's like, ah, like yeah. you have to <laughs> you have to like come out there with a little more gusto. Yeah, I would say I have another loser of my own. OK, talk about it. Uh, I thought that Maddow and Chuck Todd did not do. Yeah, I did not like them as moderators. I felt like. Um, the first three, which was the, the Telemundo guy, Savannah Guthrie. Savannah Guthrie and Lester Holt. Yeah. I felt like they came at it 
with a journalistic mind sort of like they came at it as like yeah. real like like news reporters yeah. kind of and i felt like well okay as soon as maddow and chuck todd got out there also the microphone yes <laughs> the microphone really shut them. down which was crazy and i just felt like from that moment on the debate became chaos like yeah and i felt like it was chuck todd more than maddow i felt like both of them were doing like pundity things that i didn't want they were interrupting right. them a lot and they were also making commentary with their question yeah like they would be like well since mitch mcconnell is yeah. a demon da, right. da, da. like yeah and i was just like I, just ask the question they, they had too much commentary in their questions and all this stuff and then they keep like yelling at people for going over time and i'm like yeah but your questions are like way longer than they need to be because you want to get like your little moment in right it's and, true after they came in things kind of went off the rails. yeah so i just didn't i mean the mouth the microphone thing was crazy and chuck todd looked so pissed off when it was happening yeah and um i get that that being like a shaky start but i just didn't like their like the way they questioned the kids. yeah what so did you think about bill de blasio because i saw people saying he did great he's a winner and i saw some people say he's a loser people outside new york seemed <laughs> that's what i thought too people outside new york liked Bill de Blasio yeah. last night my friend texted me and he was like I liked de Blasio and I was like de Blasio is a clown yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he will redeem reveal himself in good time. yeah yeah <laughs> so I think it's like literally people from New York who watched it were like no he lost and people outside New York were right. like he was fine right I think also because like when he ran for mayor we all loved him yes. and he that's sort of like the vibe he had last night but we know that he didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, and I our, think you can't. You have to jump the fucking t subway turnstile yes. because we, our subway doesn't work. And that's, he was, yeah. That's the other thing is anytime I see Bill de Blasio and he is not in a tunnel with a shovel right. fixing the subway, yeah. I am angry. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. get your ass underground. Right, right. Maybe people are calling him a winner because he was able, like he went after Beto too on healthcare. Yes. And I'm, he... He like elbowed people into like he had a lot of moments in the right. debate I, coming in as someone who was one of the one percent people. Yeah, I think he like swung his way into like having a bunch of moments. Yeah, which that's another feeling that I have is that I feel that Beto and Julian Castro have now switched places. I think that's true. I yeah. think that Beto is now in a bad spot. He's like way lower. And I think that Julian has like jumped up. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Should we talk about. A Supreme Court decision. Let's do it. Yeah. So today. we've been waiting for these for a while. It seems like every week it's like they got to give us these soon. Mm -hmm. So we were waiting on two pretty highly anticipated decisions and we got some good news and some bad news. We'll start with the bad news. So the court will allow extreme partisan gerrymandering to continue. They basically Crazy. say they ruled five to four. Um, the conservative justices and Roberts, who might as well be a conservative justice yeah. at this point, saying that there's just nothing that they can do. They were looking at two maps, one in Maryland that concerned one congressional district and one in, in all of the um, districts in North Carolina, which if you look at North Carolina, it's fucked. It's like yeah. they basically are designing things. They either put all the Democratic leaning voters in one district. So they basically only get one dude yeah. or lady or person of any gender. And then everybody else. And then the other districts are sort of overwhelmingly conservative or they do it where they just put so few Democrats in one place that they're never going to win. And if you yeah. look at the maps, you know, I was actually reading about where the term gerrymander came from. Mm -hmm. And it was like this guy named Jerry came up with it. <laughs> like, and you he, don't think it's going to be that, but it literally guy is. Named Jerry came up with it after he shaped a voting district like a salamander. <laughs> and that's oh. why it's called gerrymandering. Oh, my yeah. God. Isn't that fun? That I mean, that is fun. Yeah. But the implications are terrible. No. But they it's basically a fun said story. this is specifically partisan gerrymandering, which is interesting because they also recently said that racial gerrymandering is unconstitutional. But when you think about who tends to vote. Yeah. Democratic, like partisan gerrymandering and right. racial gerrymandering 
yeah. are very similar. Right, you would the, think. The other thing that's interesting about this is the Maryland case is a is where yeah. Democrats gerrymandered in favor of themselves yes. and the North Carolina is where Republicans did. Right. So it was like it was they were trying to yeah. do it on both sides. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think most people, most voting rights advocates disagree with it being done at all. Yes. It's, it's sort of like a huge threat to democracy. I mean, this is a really shocking and disappointing decision because they basically said, like, there's no place for the courts to handle this. And in her dissent, Elena Kagan said, like, what are you talking about? Like, federal courts around the country are ruling on things like this. Yeah. And they sent this to us to make the call. They basically say there has to be a political solution, which to me sounds like they want lawmakers and legislators to decide whether or not it's allowed. But these are lawmakers and legislators that are in there because they chose their own voters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's such a good point. It's like you want the people who are benefiting from the system to dismantle that system. Like, that's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. And I just feel like we're in this weird situation where now it's like this happened with like the Mueller report and all this stuff where someone comes out and they're like, well, actually they have to do it right like yeah, it's like yeah. stuff like anytime something's hard they're like oh sorry actually like congress has to do that That's or true. like whatever it's and a it's, lot of ping pong they basically ping pong it all to congress because they know congress isn't gonna fucking do anything right so that's just oh, like yeah. one way to just kill an issue is to be like actually right. it's congress These are congressional job. districts yes, yes. yeah the <sighs> second one is on the census citizenship question mm-hmm. they basically punted it to a lower court saying like you need to look into this um there were it seemed like SCOTUS was going to lean towards letting the Trump administration have the question. Mm-hmm. But it recently came out le- leaked documents. And a lot of things recently showed that, like, they were definitely politically motivated. Yeah. Republicans know that by adding the citizenship to question to the census, undocumented people are, will be deterred from answering it. Yeah. They will basically, according to the constitutionally mandated census, not exist in this country. Yes. Not be considered in voting districts, and it will just skew everything in favor of Republicans. Yeah. And basically, like, this court sort of considered that that was, it seems like the court considered, like, that was the motivation, was like, yeah, we can't really decide on whether this is constitutional because we know it's tainted. So they blocked it for now. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, because the census, like, the census says they have to send the papers out in July. Yeah, I mean, I feel like just by punting it right now, they might have made it so that the question's not going to be on there just because, like, they literally have to print the papers. Um, They have to, like, make the census and stuff. But it's interesting, like, initially, yeah, you were saying the court was going to do it. They were going to allow them because they were saying, like, because the Trump administration was arguing it was about enforcing the right. Voting Rights Act. But then all these documents came out from this guy who was a Republican operative who died. Yeah. And all in his laptop, it showed a clear trail of like them talking about how it was a way to make to like make places with a lot of Hispanic voters like have less influence right. in the country. Yeah. Ah, OK. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for this year. They, they're doing a lot of big cases next year. And apparently election year cases are sort of a really big deal because, you know, wherever they fall kind of. Yeah, might sway voters one way or another. Yeah, if they, I mean, if they fall conservative on a lot of things, it might really energize exactly Democratic voters because right. people will be like, "Oh my god, yeah, we have to get to the polls and like fix this shit right now." Yeah, and if they don't, the Democratic Party might find itself in the same weird thing where like our party just doesn't seem to have the understanding of the importance of the court that the Republicans had for so long. So right, it's interesting. Not yeah. that I want them to yeah. rule, but yeah, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are doing exactly what. They were Republicans hoped they were doing. Yeah. 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 All right. Should we get to one more thing? One more thing. Yeah. By now, you might have already seen or heard about this really devastating photo of um, a father and daughter face down drowned in the Rio Grande River. Mm. Um, You know, these things are so devastating to see and they're really upsetting. And a lot of like a lot of you guys too have been saying to us, like, why does this happen? What do we do? When I saw that, it's like, I understand this is devastating. Mm -hmm. We need to change the way we we perceive 
people trying to come to this country and, and, you know, the way like Trump's rhetoric of like, they're not our best. Yeah. And what they're escaping and why they want to come here. But like, what exactly was it about any policy that we have that resulted in this, this father and daughter dying? Like, I wasn't really sure what the connection is. Mm -hmm. Um, So his name, the father's name was Oscar Alberto Martinez Ramirez. His daughter was 23 years old. So 23 months, 23 months old. Her name was Valeria. Yes. Valeria, the wife um, and mother survived. She had already crossed. So basically what happened when you, a lot of immigrants that are trying to sort of flee really dangerous countries or areas in Central America, you go through Mexico and there's this area there. Um, a lot of them sort of cross this bridge area, which understandably gets very congested. They have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. America sort of limits how many people can seek asylum every day. Yeah. It's called metering. So lines of hundreds and hundreds of people line up and eventually they're like, nope, you can't. So you have to wait. And you don't just have to wait like a couple of days. They've been waiting for two months there. Yes. And the place where you have to wait, you can imagine, it's not a great place to be. It's no. not like you're just, it's not like they just had to wait. Why couldn't they just wait? It's very dangerous. Like any place of like mass places of You also don't have anything. Like you they don't, don't have any stuff. There's there. a lot of, yeah, anything. there's a lot of crime there. There's a lot of gang activity. A lot of young women are forced into prostitution. There's a lot of sexual assaults there. It's not a place you want to be. No. So finally this family was like, we know people can go through the river. We can't wait anymore. They tried that, and unfortunately, they sort of got swept up in a current. Um, the wife got across. Yeah, it's really dangerous it's to cross super, the Rio Grande. That's sort of how a lot of people end up passing away, is mm-hmm. because we don't, we have limits on just how many people each day we can, we can not just that we can have the ability to process, it's just sort of like an arbitrary limit. Like, only this many people are allowed to fill out the form each day. So in reaction to this, there's been a lot of calls to sort of expand that or address how quickly we're tra- processing people, um, address that that metering policy. Um. Yeah. Also, I mean, we have a president who doesn't believe in humanitarian aid right. really of any kind to other yeah. countries. So it's like, what is the root root cause mm-hmm. of yeah. what's happening is that people are fleeing extreme violence in their home country. Right. Maybe we could try to come up with a plan to help right. with that. Yeah. I mean, Maybe I think that part of this something. part of this is why these emergency funding bills that still hasn't gone through are being held up because like people might be surprised to learn that like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and a couple other like really progressive new members voted against this really big funding bill because it didn't have they wanted more in it saying we have to treat people better we have to change the way we go about this you can't just send them money they want to include things in it that sort of have like better mandate better standards of yeah. care for the people that do come into our detention and so that's sort of what's holding it up yes because the house and the senate both passed like 4.3 billion dollar aid packages but the houses has more restrictions on like right. basically saying like you can't use this money to raid like yeah. factory like right. you can't use it to further harm people yeah. it needs to be actual humanitarian aid and the senate's bill has like obviously no restrictions on exactly. it at all basically so now the bill is held up because they're trying to like reconcile the two and like yeah. democrats like aoc and stuff are rightfully worried that it's yeah. like okay we're going to allocate 4.3 billion in humanitarian aid but are they going to use it to actually make these facilities better or are they going to use it to make art to ramp up enforcement and right. stuff so yeah that's kind of where that is at yeah. what okay. a day of news i know i i'm beat and we've got a whole other debate tonight which is crazy i know i know all right I'm guys excited. um we will be tweeting 
We will be live tweeting the yep. debate tonight at 9 p.m. It's on MSNBC, NBC, and Telemundo. I live streamed it on YouTube, so you can do that too. Ooh, yeah. that's very good to know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can follow us along with us at Betches Sup. Uh, we won't be in your feeds until Monday, but if you want a b- debate recap, sign up for the Betches Sup newsletter, yes. and I will recap the whole debate for you. Perfect. You can go to Betches.co/sup. Sign up for that. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this is the Betches Set Podcast. Betches.